you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Three, two, one. Yes, yes, yes. Ryan or something. Who's he? What? Who's that? Who's Brian Daniel? <laughs> Never What's heard of him. Did? You see, Welcome. the right? And, oh, oh, yes, sorry. Okay. Welcome <laughs> to... No, I'll do it. Shut up. Um, welcome to the Got Till 5 Wrestling Podcast. This is Jesse Benz with my co-host. His name is... Mr. Max Curden. Hello, everybody. That's him. And um, the thing is, I was going to talk to you about... Um, I'm not sure if I like us talking about like what's going on in wrestling currently at the start of every episode because I quite like each episode being like because they're top fives, right? And they're timeless and they should be standalone episodes and talking about things that happen at the start dates to life. It's true, it's true. You've kind of picked a wrong week to kind of turn. Well, this that is off. it. So I was th- yeah. So just yesterday I was thinking, I just talk to Max about this because I feel like maybe we should keep these episodes timeless, not talk about it. Then. Daniel fucking Bryan is back in our lives. What's happening? Uh, excuse me, I think you mean Big Cass got cleared yesterday. Big, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. What I mean is, um, what I mean is Big Cass is going to be back in our lives. And, <laughs> um, you know, Daniel, Daniel Bryan's like, Daniel Bryan's quite cool, but um, one thing he is not is seven foot tall. And you can't teach it, so he's never going to learn. You can't teach it. You've even forgotten his catchphrases, but you care so little about it. <laughs> oh, what, what was he? What, 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 what oh, was he going to do? I know. Oh, He's got nothing. He's got nothing. Oh, poor Cass. Sorry, poor mate. Cass. Daniel Bryan's coming back. Daniel Bryan, right, cleared, apparently, according to um, Big Daddy Meltzer, cleared an hour before it was announced online, which means that him getting physical at the end of SmackDown last night, was a real last-minute thing. Yeah. I like and he that. nailed he pretty it. Much, he, oh, he did, he did. Um, it was the same, I was watching it earlier, and it was the same reaction. Remember when Sammy injured his shoulder in his entrance? Mm. And then, like, Sammy did, he did his entrance, and he flung his arms up the same way he tore his, pe- his pec. When Daniel yeah. Bryan was doing his corner drop kicks, of course they were safe, and he did them well, but it was just like, oh, God, just cringing every time he went anywhere yeah. in his head. Yeah, but you watch him bat and it's like, gee, like, the man's so good. Like, you know, been away from the ring for two years. He was just perfectly falling and, like, angling his shoulder on the bottom rope to rotate himself. It was just perfect. You could see how careful Kevin and Sammy were as well. None of their kicks even came remotely close to connecting. The super yeah, kick can, was, like, a foot away. Can you imagine if they'd, like, concussed him or something that, like, <laughs> last night? That would have been... I. I don't want to say it would have been funny, but it would have been really funny. <laughs> it would have been funny. It's so weird. <laughs> so, like, the euphoria of Daniel Bryan coming back is insane. It's it's ridiculous. And it's one of those things that we all wanted it, and we're all so happy that he's back. And then you take a second to pause, and you go, wait a minute. Is this a good? Is this something we're going to look back in five years and go, they really shouldn't have cleared him? We made a mistake, and they now... They made a horrible mistake. And now he has a dead wife and child. <laughs> That's the extreme. That's the extreme. <laughs> Dynamite Kid or Chris Benoit. Those are our spectrums. That's what we got to work with. Exactly. Well, Dynamite Kid, um, what did he do? He took his niece and um, broke both of her legs for insurance purposes. Well, yeah. Which is um, not great, but it's better than murder, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, 
see, at least you got a bit of cash out of it. Welcome to this podcast about wrestling, not Hello. how to do insurance scams. No, well done, oh. my kid. It, it didn't work out well for him. And the irony is, he's only got one leg now, so joke's on him. Calm as a bitch, isn't it? Yeah, your really? karma run over my dogma. <laughs> well done. Um, I, I, I need to tell you something that I wanted to save till on air, if, if that's oh, okay. Oh, God, you finally out the closet. <laughs> I'm so happy no. with you. Uh, oh, funny, funny, funny. So... Last week we did top five WCW World Champions, didn't we? We certainly did. And we nailed it. We nailed it. It was a good episode. I did really enjoy that one. Um, how, were the, but, how, were, how were the ratings on that episode? Because well, our last this WCW is, one didn't do great. This is what we need to talk about. So uh, the first WCW episode we did was our worst episode ever. This is now our second worst episode ever. Oh no, why do people hate WCW? People hate WCW. Just let it go, Jesse. So from here on out, WCW is banned from the podcast. No, you can't do that to me. Max, we need to, to talk about Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> the people just... Uh, no one remembers, Jesse. No one remembers. No, I remember. If you don't remember, go on the network. It's only 9.90 freaking 9. And you can watch all of Nitro and just revisit that. There's a lot of WCW I don't remember from when I was a childhood. But I've gone back and I've found it. And it's beautiful. And just yeah. be brave. Just be brave, humans. Go back. Some of Bobby the Heenan's best work was in WCW. There's just so much good stuff. I'm so angry. WC- we are doing... Look, things okay, come in okay. threes. Oi, shut up. Things come in threes, <laughs> right? So we need one more WCW podcast. I was going to give you one until you told me to shut up. Oh, right, because you're the boss. Is that how this works now? Yes, clearly. Do you want to fight? <laughs> do you do you want to go? Yes, I want to go. Um, <laughs> do you want to go? No, it's... Uh, okay, we'll do a third WCW podcast, but if it tanks, that's it. Okay, I'm going to work gonna really hard. You're going to promote the shit out of that one, I'm going to promote the shit. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try really hard, and I'm going <laughs> to make it the best effort. I'm going to get all of my friends and family to listen. Well, that's and four. That's and it's, I'm a lonely boy, and um, it's gonna be great. It's okay. gonna be good. Okay, we'll we'll leave that for now. We'll leave that for now. But if you can do it next time, that that would be great. But um, thank you for everyone to tune in. We will go back to start Daniel Bryan in a bit, and then there's Japan Cups, and there's Rousey, and there's lawnmowers to discuss. There's a lot going on today, Justin. We don't have time for it because you're late to this podcast. Well, technically I know I'm early because so- we're recording a day earlier than we normally do. Um, exactly. I'm like 22 hours early, so shut up. Yeah, alright, fair. But you are two hours late. Yeah, and my computer's broken, so I'm doing this on my phone currently, so if I sound weird, that's why. And my arm is going to be aching by the end of this podcast, although it normally does anyway, but Eight. for much different reasons. <laughs> Usual Wednesday night. Um, yeah, so thank you for tuning in. This is the Got Till 5 podcast. You can find us on the social media, such as Twitter. We like interacting with people on Twitter. I gave Jesse a little birthday message. Happy birthday, Jesse. Thanks, mate. That was a few days ago. And, um, yeah, it was nice. Thanks for the birthday message. You posted a picture of me with Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. And I feel like um, that's just embarrassing for them because my beefy demeanour makes them look like skinny bitches. You still look like their gay uncle. (laughs) 
I'm wearing a uh, in the picture. If no one's seen it, go to Twitter and follow us. What the fuck are you doing? But um, you need to um, go see that picture because I'm wearing a Everyone Welcome Progress T-shirt, which is in Rainbow Pride colours, uh, with a waistcoat as well, I believe. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I do look. And I do look like a proud, proud gay uncle. <laughs> um, but yeah, how was your birthday? Oh, it was good, thank you. Um, went to London, saw a hip hop band called The Far Side, which you and me are big fans of. But um, I don't, I don't know if anyone else would know them. They'd, that, they'd be good wrestling music um, fodder, actually, wouldn't they? Um, Far Side, that'd be good stuff. Yeah, man, coming out to oh shit, that'd be dope. Because like I've been debating an entrance, and I've been going back and forth, and I've never really thought of Far Side as a choice. Do you reckon I can pull soul, off oh soul shit? Flower. Soul Flower. Soul Flower. Soul Flower is a good choice. That'd be good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that would be happy days. Um, but, yeah, that was very good. I walked around Oxford Street, and I walked around Leicester Square, and I walked around Camden, found a Japan shop, and bought lots of Japanese things, like mangas and a um, plushie of Rowlet, which is the grass starter from the most recent Pokemon games. Kawi as fuck, my friend. Kawi as fuck. Um, Kawi. Oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you had a, had a lovely time. Um, so follow us on Twitter, Facebook. I, I uploaded the last episode to YouTube. I don't know if you saw that. Because um, people were like... YouTube? Yeah, I, I had some messages from people like, you could put it on YouTube. I like listening to podcasts on YouTube. And I was like, that's a fucking lot of work. Who listens to podcasts there. on YouTube? This is what I said, but apparently... Who does that? So I put it up there, like, how do anyone listen to it? Cause it's mainly because it's WCW. But we did have a fair few on there, so for those very small minorities you're welcome i'll put it up on youtube this week as well idiots and yeah that's that's... Cheesy, but if you close the youtube app on your phone the sound stops no exactly apparently people listen to to stuff on their phones at home i mean on their laptops at home no i don't believe this <laughs> those people don't exist this isn't right yeah i'm not happy um, fine. I mean, I mean, if you're putting it on YouTube, that's fine because it means I don't have to do anything. But if you're listening to this on YouTube, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. Um, but for all you normal listeners, find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever good podcasts are found. Search Got Till Five, subscribe, all that good stuff. Now, enough of that boring shit. Let's talk about WrestleMania. Okay, so WrestleMania is looking very good, but um, I still refuse to watch it live because he's because he's an asshole. It's not because I'm an arsehole, it's because WWE have been an arsehole to me for the last two years now, and they need to they need to have a consistent track record of good shows before I once again give up an entire fucking night of my life just to watch something that might end up being rubbish, and taking a day off work the next day, and sleeping through that day off that I've taken, all for now. They're, they're really going to miss you. Ah, oh, you shut up. But it's a... Fair. Is you're that like, not a fair argument to not waste like my those time those people on it? who are like, I'm going to delete Facebook, and it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not like, um, yeah, it's like, oh, just so everyone knows, I'm about to delete all my friends, so um, if you read this, you're one of the chosen ones. It's like, I don't want to be one of the chosen ones, <laughs> screw you. I normally, <laughs> if I see I those statuses... I haven't spoken to you since school, and I'm still here, so clearly your standard isn't that high. Do you know what I no. mean? Then I go into their profile and delete them. Yeah, exactly. That'll, yeah, you that'll learn them. Bitch. Yeah, that'll learn them. I that'll said, yeah. Them. Oh, fucking Facebook fuckers. Um, 
but yeah, looking like a great card. And I know, I do know what you mean. Like with the last two, 32 was especially bad. 33 was bearable. Um, the too long. Match. Too long, very much too long. Uh, there were some cool moments though, compared not compared to 32, when there were no cool moments at all. Um, yeah. 30, 31 was the last good one, but I'm very seeing as this is in the same setting as WrestleMania 30, one of the best WrestleManias of recent memory. The card is just ridiculous. I'm I'm very hopeful. Yeah, I agree, and I'll be watching it Monday evening after work and um, at a normal time and. I'll have a lovely time, and maybe I'll be regretful that I didn't stay up and watch it with my friends, but uh, yeah, that's that's my fault, and I will learn from that, and if they can consistently keep doing good pay-per-views, I will tune in next year live. I love it. I love that, that optimism that you have in life. Because uh, actually, the reason we mentioned WrestleMania is because this week's top five is top five most, un- uh, are we saying underrated or hidden gems? Uh yeah, I mean, they mean the same thing, Max. You can say whatever you want. Um, I know, but what's, but what's a better, better... Hidden gems. Hidden gems. These are the yeah, hidden gems nice. of WrestleMania. The, what um, colour's the gem? Oh, it's purple in. Purple in honour of WrestleMania. Pur- this year's WrestleMania is a bit purpley, isn't it? Um, yeah, we'll have, um, it's a very fruity mania. Fruity. Okay, so... Fr- um, so um, yeah, okay, it's purple. purple here, hidden purple gem. Hidden Purple Gem. Uh, these are the matches that are on the undercards. These are the matches that are not always on the undercard, but maybe they're a world title match that got overshadowed by the main title match. Or they're, well, I know what's on even... your list. Yeah. <laughs> might even be on the pre-show. You might even have a pre-show match on there. Who knows? But we'll find Who out a little bit. Knows? Who, Who even knows? cares? Uh, <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> um... You've asked some people in the Got Till 5 universe. I've asked some people, so we'll, we'll get to them afterwards as well. We don't have to How do, do you know I've asked people? Because you, you asked me to ask people, but I never actually sent you the link, so maybe I haven't. Well, I have every faith in you that you can do one thing in a week, in a fortnight. In a bye week? In a bye week? Oh, we haven't made a bye joke in a while. No, I felt like it was getting old, but it's all come full circle and it feels fresh to me again now. Woohoo! Um, no, no. Did you? Yes, I did. Don't worry. <laughs> that, that was a genuine like. You said, "Did you?" And I couldn't even like bullshit you because you sounded really serious and like you, know, you sounded like I'd be really disappointed if you actually haven't. <laughs> I was about to take it. We were going to go into the corner of this podcast and be like, "Jesse, I know, do yeah, one no, yeah. fucking thing. One fucking thing. You can't do that." I know, you had your dad voice on. I just have to be straight up with you then. Yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, dad, I'm sorry, dad. Um, (laughs) Did you watch um, any of the New Japan Cup? Yes. Yes, do you know the winner? Yes. Listeners, if you don't know the winner, hit pause and skip roughly three minutes. We can do this. Yeah, but this ain't ain't coming out until like Friday, so we got. If they don't know by then, they're they're useless. I don't want them listening. (laughs) Idiots again. Um, idiots, yeah. They're probably listening on YouTube. YouTubers. Uh, Zach, not Zach Ryder. Zach Saber Jr. <laughs> One day, Zach, One Zach day. Ryder will join Cody Rhodes on the Indies. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Uh, Zach Saber Jr. won the New Japan Cup and went, I'm going to challenge Okada. Fucking brilliant. It's coming home. It's coming home. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have, if it's not NATO or Omega, I'm going to have an irrational hate for anyone that beats Okada. Yeah, that's true, but Zack Sabre Jr. is a British boy. He's one of us, you know. It's true. It is true. So He's got Harry Potter-themed pro wrestling tees. I mean, what's not to like? 
My favourite is uh, the post-interview that he did, um, where, you know, when they put the little cause beers out for them? Oh, yeah. And and he just goes, I just won the New Japan Cup and you're giving me warm beer. What kind of savage do you think I am? And yeah, that's like, brilliant. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> He's the man. Hey, apparently, um, Daniel Bryan in the last few months has been, um, this is according to Meltzer, has been studying Zack Sabre Jr. matches as a way to put on exciting matches safely, if you see what I mean. Well, this so, is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping he kind of, um, like his sister-in-law, tones, Nikki Bella doesn't do any neck stuff anymore. Just don't do yeah. any head stuff, Daniel. Obviously, I'm not comparing the two as in-ring generals, but... I was going to say, like, yeah, because Nikki's like, stayed consistently exciting in the ring, hasn't she, for a long, long time. <laughs> oh, well, I have a good time. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, if he can just kind of tone it down, and as you say, with what Zack Sabre Jr. does, he's he is a literal wizard. I'm a technical wizard, I am. He's, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, so uh, that's what I mean. Like, as far as people to study t- to put on interesting, different, and exciting matches, Zack Sabre Junior is a bloody good one. Mm-hmm. And then I keep thinking of all the matches we're going to get now. You got Daniel Bryan Nakamura is finally going to happen. Yeah, because obviously Nakamura said that the main reason for signing was to face Daniel Bryan. Yeah, they were roomies in Japan, weren't they? Roommates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Miz versus Daniel Bryan is what I'm most looking forward to. Weirdly. Yeah, that um, is weird, isn't it? Because The Miz doesn't exactly put on five-star classics, but it's good character game. It's the same as why I love Cody Rhodes so much. It's just playing your character well and being committed to it makes for good wrestling. Yep, that's why he's so good. And I have I think I've said to you before, one of my weird dream matches is Gargano versus Brian. I was like, it's never going to happen now. But now, it can Now happen. it could. Yeah, the two most baby-faced baby-faces that ever did baby. Oh, just everyone crying Face. while watching. <laughs> yeah. I got, yeah. I got a bit emotional watching um, Daniel Bryan's um, sort of welcome back promo that he did in the oh, ring at the start of SmackDown yesterday. Breaking down Brie. He, he only wells up when he brings up Brie, doesn't he? Yeah. And Brie! His voice went so high. <laughs> and how cool a moment was it? Like, such a natural moment that Vince must have, like, just came in his pants when it happened. When he said, I don't know where my match is going to be. And every single person in that crowd just pointed to the WrestleMania sign. Yeah, that was cool. That's the sort of thing that if you try and tell someone that it happened, it sounds lame as shit. But when you actually see it, it's awesome. It was beautiful. And you could tell, like. You sounded like you got emotional then, mate. I did. I fucking love it. Um, (laughs) I really hope they're doing doing some kind of WE24 or WE365. I want to see the tears when when he's told. That you can come oh god, back. yeah. Oh, they definitely will. They film everything nowadays, um, and yeah, there'll be a twenty-four for this. I was thinking the other day. Um, don't you wish that WWE twenty-fours were around in like the toxic masculinity era, like when, oh, god, um, yeah. like with Randy Orton shitting in bags in airplanes and stuff. Like imagine WWE twenty-four like capturing everything. <laughs> it would have been it'll so be, good. It would be like those like edgy MTV reality shows. Yeah, well. when JBL did, like, the Nazi, the goose-stepping when they did the house show in Germany. <laughs> and, like, all that. <laughs> and then, like, WE24 just catches it backstage. And he's like, they loved it, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, JBL never changed, so never changed. Or even, like, WE24 is going further back to, like, the 80s. So it's like when Dynamite Kid's ribbing um, British Bulldog by putting milk in his steroid needles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was like, that story oh, you told the other week of 
That who served their dog to another person? Oh, Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji yeah. served um, served odd job from James Bond. His dead dog is um, um, in Spag Bowl. Imagine the cameras just in like the backstage of his kitchen, just in his kitchen, and he's just giggling away like, oh, just wait till he <laughs> sees the surprise I've got. <laughs> and you know how like in WE 24s, like the writing comes up of a future quote that's coming. Yes. And when that's like, it would just like be all black, and then this quote would come up, and oh no, my fucking dog! <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, I knew I ate my dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good. Fido, uh, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dog died, man. Dog died. Uh, <laughs> very finally, finally. It. Before we get on to our top five, um, we'll leave Ronda for another week, but I'm loving Ronda. She's getting non-wrestling fans talking. People who don't know wrestling are talking to me about Ronda. It's, that's, that's a good, good sign. Um, but Ultimate Deletion. I haven't, I have to be honest, I haven't watched it. I've seen a couple of highlights and <laughs> okay. it looks very good. We'll save this. Go, it's fucking mental. Okay. It's like, is it, I thought is the it first be- is one it was better mental. better than the TNA one? I think it is. Really? I really, really enjoyed it. Like, it was just weird. Like, the first one's great, because it's so yeah. unexpected. I didn't think they could top it. But some of the stuff that they that they end up doing... If, if you're listening to this, because I know there's a few of you who aren't actually wrestling fans who listen to this podcast, which I also find very weird, by the way. Um, that is weird. Go, yeah, go, go, go listen on YouTube, you weirdo. <laughs> Testament to us, though, I think. Um, but go on YouTube. It's called Ultimate Deletion. It was on Raw. Bray Wyatt versus Matt Hardy. It's that's wrestling at its weirdest. And if you can appreciate that, you're on board for life. Basically, is what I have to say about that. <laughs> um, but now, top five. It's why we're here. Is that is that going to be our last discussion? Like our last wrestling discussion? Because I, I do agree with you, actually. Do you? We, That's a we, refreshing change. <laughs> I just like to fight. We could we could <laughs> fill these twenty minutes in a much more interesting way, or not even have it at all. We could yeah, have exactly. our like, top fives. Yeah, exactly. Like, because I mean, if people want to go back, so we've done like you know, I don't know, like top five best women's wrestlers or something, and someone's like, oh yeah, there's listens to that. That's wicked. Except they've got to put up with us chatting for twenty minutes at the start about something that happened months ago that isn't even relevant anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's a very good point. It's a very good point. Okay. Unless something major happens, um, we will not discuss wrestling news anymore. Yeah. I think so. I think I think Daniel Bryan is ne- is worth bringing up. Like, but other than that, like, it has to be something big. There'll be, like, maybe one big thing that we mentioned from the fortnight. Well, this is quite nice. You know, we've just... This is our six-month anniversary. Let's change up the format. Hey, that's the point. Yeah, let's do that. But um, <laughs> yeah. just, just, just before we dive into our top five, then thousand motherfucking followers. Fuck yeah! Yeah, right? we haven't actually talked about it. We've just sort of tweeted about it. But we have the magic four digits on Twitter, bitches. Mm. Looks good, right? So yeah, so thanks, humans. Looks like we know what we're doing. I know. Yeah, those four digits. That's when you start to getting taken seriously in it when you got over yeah. four digits yeah i liked it we, we were desperate as shit on that day because we wanted to do it that day for some reason to hit a thousand and like we're just begging and pleading like please just it was us. shameful really yeah, it was, but, yeah. Um, but it worked i know I've, i know i've lost i don't feel like a man anymore but now i do because now we've got our um 
thousand followers and thousand it's followers, lovely man. stuff. Cool. That's good so, stuff. Anyway, yeah, so thanks, thanks everyone for doing that, but it's um, top five time. That's why yeah. you follow us. That's why we're so bloody popular. Boom! Let's smash this. So we're talking about hidden gems at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Let's smash this. So we're talking about hidden gems. <laughs> Oh, such a man's man. <laughs> right, fuck it. Let's let's play the drop. Here we go. Drop that beat, yo. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Are you ready? Oh hell yeah! You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. And there it wasn't. There so, it was. We're and talking about hidden gems. We've explained what hidden gems mean. I hate this list, and I hate you for picking this list. So Why? What's five, wrong with it? It's great. It's a great list, but the problem is it's too good a top five to do. So I've yeah. got five. I've also got six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen matches I'd like to discuss this evening, please. Oh, for God's sake. Well, you can briefly <laughs> mention the ones that aren't in your top five, because I, I need will. to sleep at some point. I okay, will. cool. Um, but let, let's get cracking. It's top five time. These are the hidden gems of WrestleMania. Jesse Benz, kick us off. With an, oh, wait. Every week, every bye week I do this. I get oh, ramped right, up. Yeah. I get and ramped you forget up. about the I drop. Throw it in, and we need a drop, because if we have a crossover, we don't want to repeat ourselves, Jesse Benz. We don't want to do that. Of course we don't. Why would don't anyone want to do that? So, this well, week's drop. Pre-production it, meeting right now. What are we doing? I feel like it's got to be Daniel Bryan related. Oh, okay. Um, um, can we do um, a monster <laughs> from his um, package before WrestleMania 30? Does he say a monster? No, he doesn't, but it's in the song, and it's less than 10 seconds long or whatever the rule is, so you can do it without getting sued. Fuck yeah, Imagine Dragons. Yeah, exactly. So all, all it is is a monster. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all you want. That's your WrestleMania yeah. theme this year. Okay. Um, which is the best... No, it's it's the second best package they've ever produced for WrestleMania. What's better? Better is The Rock Stone Cold My Way at WrestleMania 17. Oh, no. Daniel Bryan's is much better than that. I will give you every ounce of sweat. No, I'd so, no, fuck off. No, sorry. The, the whole rise of Daniel Bryan throughout that year is a much... And the way they encapsulate that story in that package is... Far superior to Rock Stone Cold at 17. You're so wrong, it hurts. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't beat Daniel Bryan's underdog story. Anyway, uh, yeah. Sorry. I will go on to my number five. Shall I? Please do. Okie dokie, piggle dee, pokey. My number five is way back from uh, WrestleMania 21, Ooh, no, where we're clear. which is. We're clear, no, no monsters. Um, so <laughs> actually, honestly, saying this, I don't think we're going to have a crossover. No, I, I, I agree actually. Um, so, but we'll see. And again, like maybe you'll have one or I'll have one, and the other one will go. That's not underrated. Like everyone knows that's wicked. What are you talking about? This but, is true. But we'll this see. Um, so yeah, from WrestleMania 21, the year after it all began again, um, we have um, Randy Orton versus The Undertaker. 
Yeah, solid choice. Yeah, right? Really good match. And um, Randy Orton had freshly turned heel again um, after a very failed forced babyface push um, from SummerSlam 04 to just after the Royal Rumble. And um, Bob Orton had come back um, in his cast and he was managing Randy Orton. And Randy Orton went for the streak. And this is the first match where someone is taken on The Undertaker with the specific objective of beating the streak. Mm. So It wasn't really he, a thing at this point, was it? No. So I've looked into this. The first time it was mentioned is The Undertaker versus Triple H at WrestleMania 17. But yeah. it was just some it was just something JR said in passing in the commentary. Like it was just a little fact. Like the Undertaker is undefeated at WrestleMania. That's all he said. That's the first time it was actually mentioned. This is the first time that it's referred to as the streak. And the first time that it's a real thing to beat the Undertaker at Mania. And that was obviously a thing up to WrestleMania thirty, um, from here. So Randy Orton was the first one. Randy Orton was the first one to actually try and break the streak. Yeah. And um, so I, th- I thought that was quite interesting, like an interest, a, a reason to sort of get it in here because it's quite historically significant. And also, it's a damn good match. Randy Orton yeah. is just great. I, he does a great job with the Undertaker here. Yeah, he really, really does. Um, I'll always remember the choke slam into the RKO. Yep, yep, that fantastic was... spot great spot and yeah they just work so well together and the match finishes and I believe it's a spot that The Undertaker and Edge did a lot I certainly saw them do it on a house show but the match finishes with the first time I've ever seen this where um, Randy Orton goes to tombstone The Undertaker so like trying to nick his finisher but um, the weight shifts and Randy falls back with Undertaker landing on his feet and then lifting Randy Orton into his own tombstone to finish the yeah. match. You remember that? Yeah. So yeah. I saw, that's how um, I saw a SmackDown house show in 2008, um, which was headlined by Edge and Undertaker. And um, that exact same spot finished that match. And I remember it took me right back to this match at WrestleMania 21. They did it quite a lot after a while, that kind of yeah. <laughs> the full back. It's a it's a good one. It's a good one. But uh It is a good one. Yeah. WrestleMania twenty one was a good good pay per view. Um it, another one from that, uh Ray Eddy to kick off the show. Not their best in their series, that's why I haven't put it in my list, but you know, just first money in the bank. Um yeah, just, yeah. just a really Batista solid Batista Triple H. Batista Triple H like wasn't I mean, you know, it's not a technical masterpiece, but the whole the storytelling of Batista and in Evolution and the slow turn of turning Batista into a star was just amazing. Like, it was fantastic storytelling. Mm. WrestleMania 21 at the time was um, the highest grossing WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, it, it was. Um, outgrossed 17, it was the high- And then 23, the Trump one, is still, I believe, the highest grossing of all time. Yeah. So it overtook 21 when it happened. But yeah, at the time, when 21 happened, it um, it was huge, huge. Uh. My favourite thing about WrestleMania 21 was it was the whole theme was Wrestle, WrestleMania Goes Hollywood. And yes. they would record all these vignettes like weeks leading up. So you had uh, people like all, all the mid-carders doing Taxi Driver, you talking to me? You, must, <laughs> you know, all of that. And then you had Eugene playing Forrest Gump. 
Yeah, and I'll always Booker, remember... Booker Tri- T and Eddie were Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. And then Triple H and Ric Flair doing Braveheart. And it's just Triple H on like a horse and Ric Flair just like dancing beside... Woo! And it's it's amazing. I'm pretty sure Triple H... Uh, Ric Flair was on a... Um, oh, what are they called? Um, what are the little horses called? Uh, a, a little horse? A pony? No, like there's a... Like a Shetland? There's a name for it. Shetland Pony That's exactly what it is, yeah. So, like, uh, Ric Flair is just on one of them, so it all looks all noble and stuff, and he's just on a tiny little Shetland pony, just going, woo! As this thing's like, fat little thing's trying to trot along. Amazing, yeah, it's funny. amazing. But, yeah, it's good. Uh, but um, Randy, can I tell you um, some, a bit of extra research around, um, around this match that I thought was interesting? Who, who, who are you? What do you mean, what, because I've actually worked this week? Yeah. I know. Well, no, this was, it, to be honest, I haven't done any research. I just happened to know this. Okay. But, um, uh, so, you know, Bob Orton came back and was sort of Randy Orton's manager and all that. Yeah. Um, and he was there for most of the year. It was Randy Orton and Undertaker feuded for most of this year, if you remember right. They had a Hell in a Cell and all sorts Great of stuff. Hell in a Cell, yeah. Well, it's very good. Um, but it was that Hell in a Cell that ended up leading to Bob Orton losing his job in the WWE. Now, do you know why? I do not know why. So Bob Orton sort of got involved in this Hell in a Cell. He um, bladed for the business. He bled, and um, as did Undertaker. And um, turns out that Bob Orton has hepatitis. Jesus. Yep. And, um, and he kept quite quiet about it. Um, in the medicals and stuff and Undertaker got wind of it after that match and he was like jeez like we we all bladed we all mixed blood really like I could have easily got so Undertaker ran straight to the office and Bob Orton was very quietly removed from um, WWE as he should be who hides as he should be I mean no one wants no one wants a dead man with hep C do they (laughs) no you can't cure that shit (laughs) <laughs> exactly that, but so that's why Bob Orton. That's why Bob Orton didn't hang around. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> what an idiot! Like, yeah, all of that lot who like wrestle with hep. Like, okay, if you've got hepatitis as a wrestler, but you still want to keep on working, and the promoter suggests a bit of colour in the match, just say no. Yeah, just mention you've got hep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not a good idea, mate. Um, I've got hepatitis. <laughs> Easy, <laughs> but yeah, brutal. But that that all adds that all adds to my love of the whole um, Randy Orton, Bob Orton, Undertaker saga. Yeah, so that that was a good feud because wasn't that when he came back? Um, like Randy was being lifted up on everyone's shoulders, and then the flaming yes. casket. We talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this on our top five Survivor Series matches, I believe. Yeah, because um, yeah, he came. Back at the end, when Orton had won the SmackDown vs. Raw match for SmackDown, and this is the post-match beatdown where Undertaker tombstones Regal, and Regal does the splits as he's being tombstone. <laughs> the greatest, the greatest yeah. tombstone of all time. <laughs> the greatest tombstone ever. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I, I need to go back and watch the WrestleMania match we're talking about, the Undertaker Randy Orton one, because it is one of the best ones, and it's, it's where really Undertaker good. could go. Yeah. And could go well, so yeah. Solid choice there, Jesse Benz. Thank you very much. Yeah, start of the streak. I felt like it was important. What's your number five, dear boy? Well, I feel a bit bad now, because yours is quite historical, and mine's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> is it the... Um, can I guess what it is? Is it the um, 
gimmick battle royale from WrestleMania 17. No, it's not. It is a gimmick match, though. It's, oh, is uh, it? What is it? From WrestleMania 13. It's a Chicago okay. street fight. Legion of Doom and Ahmed Johnson versus the Nation of Domination. Now, before you start, this is yep. a great match. I, it, I have to be honest with you, I can't even remember it. It's it's not long. It's like, I think it's about 10, 15 minutes. And right. Well, that's, that's quite long for some matches. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's just, it's probably the most like, you know when they say they're having a street fight or an unsanctioned match and it's very, very choreographed? This, I, I don't think they spoke beforehand. I think they just <laughs> went out and did whatever the hell they wanted. Like, there's a bit where Hawk is just walking <laughs> around, spraying people with a fire extinguisher. Then he just starts spraying the crowd. Just for, <laughs> just for shits and gigs. And then, like, the, the rest of the Nation of Domination get in and start beating on um, Hawk and Animal at the end. And they just no-sell it. Like, get out, get out. We want go. <laughs> they just completely no-sell it. It's amazing. Just leave. Like, Brilliant. Ahmed Johnson was kind of a failure in terms of what he became. Um, he had all this hype going for him. Hopefully not a previous Ronda Rousey. Hopefully she rises to the challenge. But um, they just he just got injured of... all the time. Yeah, yeah he just got injured. Yeah, they just kept pushing him, and he got injured, um, and and he was really over. And he had a great rival with Farouk and the Nation of Domination. And surprisingly, this was like one of their their main programs going into WrestleMania 13. You know, you you talk about Brett Stone Cold stealing the show and being like the match. That was like yeah. a nothing match compared to how this was built up, in all honesty. <laughs> it's just, how mad is that? You know, it was just like, Stone Cold and Brett were like, yeah, we'll give them something to do. It'll be fine. And then they did, yeah, uh, yeah. did great. So, um, Johnson kept getting beaten up by the Nation of Domination after he came back and was a babyface at this point. And then he joined the Legion of, do- Legion of Doom, who just made their return. And then they booked a Chicago street fight just for the hell of it. And it was Hawk, Animal, Johnson, Farouk, Crush, and Sevilla Vega. And it was just wild. It was chaotic. It was brutal. There were, like, everything. Even a kitchen sink. Like, everything was involved in this match. So, like, if you want to just watch a stupid, um, violent match, which is kind of lacking sometimes when it just feels very choreographed, this, this is it. And that unfortunately they did kind of continue at past WrestleMania, which made it shit. Which is why I'm imagining a lot of people have forgotten about it. But if right. you just take the match as it is, it's so much fun to watch. Nice, it's really fun to watch. So uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. That's my ridiculous pick of the top five. The rest are all quite serious from here. I promise. <laughs> okay, it was a good. Tr- I, I want to watch it. That sounds interesting. Like I, I will have watched it. I definitely watched Mania 13, but I don't. I just don't have memory of that match. I need yeah. to um, recap. I think. Fresh eyes, baby. Fresh eyes. Yeah, exactly that. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember you're Ahmed Johnson. You're like stuck now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be polite, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you only have five slots, Max, and you pick that one. <laughs> the donk. Um, okay, so on to my number four. Um, yeah. We are jumping ten years forward um, from my initial one. Um, we're at Res- WrestleMania 31. Ah. And it is um, Triple H versus the man known as Sting. Really? Okay. Yeah. You didn't like this, did you? I hated this match. I thought this match was fantastic. I, 
you've got to. I know you're a massive Sting fan, and the reason you probably don't like it is because you feel like a bunch of people interfered and got involved and took away from the fact that Sting was there. Plus, Triple H went over as he has to, right? Of course. Right. So, Triple H going over was, was a bad move. I do agree with that. No, I, I think Sting should have absolutely won this match. It's ridiculous that he didn't. But the interference of DX and the NWO and stuff, that was brilliant. It was really good fun. Don't it you was, think? actually. Yeah, no, I agree. That was, you know, when the music hit and yeah. NWO, came out, NWO came out first, didn't they? Um, oh, I, it DX? Oh, I, can't, I no. can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, when the NWO music hit and then, you know, you had Scott Hall strutting out and X-Pac, yeah, it was cool. And the super kick, Shawn Michaels appearing out of nowhere and super kicking Sting. Yeah, exactly. So I, re- I just remembered something that happened today, quickly about X-Pac. So I was at work and wrestling came up, because apparently that's all people think I'm interested in. Um, yeah, it, was spe- it, yeah, it is. Clearly is. Um, I was speaking to a guy and he was like, yeah, I used to love wrestling. My favourite was X-Pac. And I just went, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Your favourite wrestler was X-Pac. And he went, yeah, I Bobby. loved X-Pac. Suck it. <laughs> and then he walked away. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby calls X-Pac Rat Boy. So whenever, um, yeah, whenever he's on telly, oh, there's Rat Boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, DX, Shawn Michael Superkick in Sting. Brilliant. Yes, that that was wicked. Um, Shawn Michaels in his hunting gear for some reason, but he still, yeah, um, yeah hit Sting. He was hunting a crow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's very good, wasn't it? And, um, um, but no, I think it was good fun. And you've got to remember that Sting, as much as we love Sting and how fantastic he is, the dude at this time was 56, right? Now, that's the same age that Ric Flair was when he had his final WrestleMania match. Yeah. Now, I know that looking at Sting and looking at Ric Flair, like, Sting has abused his body a hell of a lot less. Although, although, having said that, going back to the mid-2000s, somehow Ric Flair had abs again. Have you ever noticed that? No. Like, between, between, like, 2003 and 2006, Ric Flair suddenly had abs. Like, he was still flabby, but he had abs again. So flabby I think abs. there was... Yeah, flabs. So there was... Um, I think there was a doctor somewhere that was very happy with his work. <laughs> not, not, not that I wouldn't judge anyone or anything. But um, anyway, Sting was 56 years old, old dude, and th- these interferences, I think, aptly covered for any of his shortcomings... And just and even though he lost, it still made him look amazing. I think, yeah. to the point where he comes back later on in the year and challenges Seth Rollins for um, the WWE title, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel unrealistic or silly that someone like Sting is doing that because he had such a strong showing at this Mania despite losing. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah no, completely, completely. And I enjoyed it. And the, um, and an added thing. I really like WrestleMania 31 in general. And I think a big part of that was, um, a lot of people moan about it. And I can see why they moan about it with Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, like their entrances and stuff. But I really liked that it was in daytime and it was outdoors. I thought it looked different and it was quite cool. It's true. Normally I kind of, I hate the outdoor sets because it, it it's just men in pants outdoors and it's really weird. <laughs> 
WrestleMania 24 was the like that was the first outdoor mania, and it was just really jarring to go from like <laughs> constant indoors to just and yeah, it was weird. Um, but that one I really liked, especially because it stayed light like all evening. Um, yeah, and yeah, Undertaker Bray was unfortunate, but by the time it got to the main event, when it was Brock and Set, when it was Brock and Reigns, you know, it was night, and it had that. It gave that match a special feel. Like yeah, it was the main event, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, for some reason that that pay per view just worked in the daytime. Yeah, I completely agree. I thought, it, yeah, it looked great. It was just cool. I thought. Yeah, I, I I do love that mania. It holds a special place in my heart. I have a WrestleMania 31 in my ones that didn't make the list, but I'll save those until the end. Mm. Mm, intrigue. Um, but yeah, solid choice. I'm I was obviously not happy because of m- my boy. Did not uh, did not succeed in the way I was hoping him to. But you're right; it was an entertaining match. It was a spectacle. It was um, as much as you could say. It was like, oh, bringing up the past again, and WCW versus WWE. Um, it, it was fun to see everyone kind of come back, and that's that's all that match should have really been. It shouldn't have been a 20 minute um, wrestling classic between the two. Why would it be? Exactly. Yeah, it was just good fun, and um, and WCW never goes over WWF. We've learned ever, ever. I feel like, I really hope that Sting was like, welcomed into the building and everyone was like, so nice to him and Vince gave him a big hug and all this stuff. And then after they go out and Triple H beats Sting, he just goes back and like no one, you know how they're always clapping after each match, like in Gorilla. <laughs> like no one's there. When Sting goes back, it's just dead and like all the doors are locked and the only way you can get out of the building is the fire exit. <laughs> That's like the only just, way. Just Vince and Gorilla be like, hide, everybody hide. Just come and hide. Just him behind his like rolly chair. He's <laughs> <laughs> got nothing. <laughs> I own got nothing. Sting just like left had to leave out of a fire exit and hail a cab and like that's, that's how he got up with his life in his torn off like face paint <laughs> yeah he's like yeah he couldn't even get into his dressing room to change <laughs> where to anywhere yeah anywhere <laughs> oh, WCW please take me to 2001 <laughs> oh too good too good oh lovely so what's your uh, what are we on your number four is it my number four, yes. No crossovers yeah. as of yet. Um, this is probably one of my favourite underrated WrestleManias. Never gets any credit as being a good mania, but I love this mania. WrestleMania 27. 27? That was Ms. Cena headline, wasn't it? No one remembers. I could I could list this whole card in his top five and everyone would go, yep, yeah, don't remember that. Yeah, I, I but, think I agree with you. Yeah. But great. Actually, I have two. One is, I had to pick between two because I don't like having two from the same show. But I yeah. went with um, Randy Orton versus CM Punk. A fantastic match. I agree. Good Jesus, was this a good match? It was yeah. just ah oh, so good. Like, um, do you, I don't think you've got any WrestleMania 27 matches in yours, do you? I do not know. Okay, my other pick was Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio. Nice. No, yeah, actually, no, you're right. Yeah, both. That's a very good match as well. Very good match, yeah. Um, You're right, again, so so underrated that they didn't even enter my mind when putting together this list. But, now that you mentioned them, great matches. Yeah. Um, the Edge uh, versus Alberto Del Rio was a lot of fun. Um, you had a eight-man tag team match. Undertaker, Triple H, no holds barred. This was their first... This was before Hell in a Cell. 
And yeah. Miz versus John Cena, Miz having probably the third best promo video for WrestleMania. It was very good, actually. And then, then the poor guy got had the big, like, inflatable... Oh, yeah. What did it... Like, awesome inflatable um, balloons yeah. or something that came out and was like, oh, the poor guy, he doesn't need that. He had a concussion, he doesn't remember any of it, so... Yeah, fine. that's true. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, but CM Punk, Randy Orton. Um, this was around the time when CM Punk was the leader of New Nexus. And... Yes. Um, Punk, it's really long feud. This one, they, they packed a lot into it. They always seem to with um, with Punk. So Punk costs Orton his match against the Miz, which is when Miz becomes champion. Um, and then Orton retaliates by taking out all the Nexus members. Um, and this was punting in the head era, Orton, which nice. is which is one of my favourites. Um, and the reason that Punk did all of this was because Orton punted him back in the head and back in Unforgiven. And he couldn't defend his world championship and had to vacate the title. They actually put a lot of thought into this one. For such an undercard match, I was quite surprised. So then the anonymous Raw general manager scheduled a match between Punk and Autonomania. Um, and then the general manager, I'm doing air quotes that you can't see again, Autumn would have to face each one of the new Mex- Nexus members leading up to WrestleMania. If he lost to any one of them, they'd be allowed to be in Punk's corner. Really cool right. little like, thing that was going on. He, he beat all of them. Um, so they were all banned from ringside, and to make sure he punted them all in the head afterwards. Which, which... <laughs> Naturally. I mean, you would. <laughs> she would, as you would. <laughs> um, Punk ended up distracting Orton during a WrestleMania Rewind match, because he had Orton's wife, as you do, and he lured him to the parking lot and beat the shit out of him with a wrench, right to the kneecap. Good. So <laughs> he beat him with a knee. Um, and normally I don't like matches where it's all just focusing on a limb part. Um, I've find those matches quite lazy and a bit dull when you just focus on another body part and it just goes from there but this one worked out really well and Orton sold that like a champ his little knee injury he would like yeah. actually struggle to do moves scoop slams would be difficult um, it was really good but just in general for this match it was a case of there was no title on the line it was just them going at it to see who was better and Punk pretty much had it in the bag and was like working over the leg loads and the best finish ever, Punk goes for a springboard arm forearm, whatever he used to do. What he used to do for a springboard? Forearm. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Sorry, AJ is just kinda of taking that moment. So he goes yeah, for yeah. a springboard and Randy catches him and hits him with an RKO and it's oh, it's beautiful. That was like the first time Randy started doing his surprise RKOs out of nowhere. Yeah, and it, awesome. And it, uh, and it made me really happy. Um, there was a lot of other stuff going on on the card, as we mentioned previously, so this match was just... It was literally a middle undercard match. That was it. But I feel like it's the best match of both of their WrestleMania careers, personally. Really? Yeah, Over it's, CM Punk Undertaker? Yeah, yeah. I, I think this That's match, like... The psychology, the... Oh, just everything they do in this match is so perfect. It's so good to watch. Um, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So, definitely one of my favourite WrestleMania matches. And favourite WrestleManias. But that's just me being weird. Fair shout. No, it's cool. It's nice, nice, to, have, it's nice to have something all to yourself. Um, <laughs> the only bad side of this pay-per-view was this was when it was... Uh, Snooky, that whatever that celebrity lady was, 
And she teamed with like Tristratus. Oh, it was just horrible. Just horrible. Oh god, yeah, that brings back memories. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. There's some dark well, times. Well, that, it was dark times. That's a very neat segue because my number three is from WrestleMania 22, and it is Tristratus versus Mickey James. <laughs> um, <laughs> I. <laughs> I popped myself then. Um, I know. I like it because you, la- you laughed in Trish's entrance music laugh and then did the exact same laugh but just like lower which was your own laugh so this is actually how you laugh. Um, oh yeah. I completely forgot about this match. Good shout. Good shout. Thank you. I would say up until Mania 32 this is the greatest women's match that's ever been at WrestleMania. 100% yeah. Glad you agree. And, um, <laughs> it's, um, so I think, and right, what brought this back to me was the Royal Rumble, and the Women's Royal Rumble that just happened when, um, Trish came in and Mickey and Trish had that quick stare off. Do you remember? Oh yeah, that was great. It was so cool. That was, that was quite possibly, because I love this match so much, that was my favourite moment of the Royal Rumble this year when Trish and Mickey James stared off at each other. It was just wicked. And this match was so good. Mickey James played her role as crazy stalker bitch so good. Like, do you remember? Do you remember the build up? Oh, yeah, yeah. With... She was, uh, she'd like kidnap her and tie her up and try and be like, it was mental. Well, she was kidnapping, yeah, she didn't do it to Trish, but she was kidnapping Trish's friends and like other divas at the time. And, um, yeah, Mickey James. So she sort of debuted as Tristra- number one Tristratus fan. That was who she was when she debuted. And then it just took a dark turn. She became a stalker. And yeah, this match is fantastic. They both work exceedingly well. And then there's the bit that you will not see if you watch it on the WWE Network because it's been edited out. But we saw it because you and I watched it live together when, um, when Mickey James, um, well, Trish sort of grabs Mickey James to do a bulldog or something. And satisfaction. She's going to hit satisfaction. Satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Mickey James decides to place her fingers into Tristratus's crotch, forcing Trish to repel away from her. And Mickey James takes her fingers in the international sign of oral vagina. Sex, yeah, of one. vagina sex, <laughs> lady. <laughs> and um, and run her tongue through the middle of them. And the crowd went wild. It was and a beautiful moment that we shared. Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon was livid with that, apparently, when they went backstage. Like, because she just did that on the fly, and Vince was pissed. Fucking brilliant. The One of the loudest pops of the night. Mickey James did a fantastic job doing that, I think. She did. She did. It, it was very, very sexual. Because, but... yeah, the whole crowd, the whole crowd were just there going... Maybe Mickey James and Trish are going to let off. This, <laughs> this is going to happen. So they they were popping loud, but that was the inner monologue of everyone. It was the style at the time. <laughs> it was like it was. Which was the style at the time? And Trish had an onion in her crotch. Two Mickeys for a nickel, you say? <laughs> two, two Mickeys for a finger, they'd say. <laughs> and. Um, 
but it was besides yeah. that, it was a great work, and the crowd were really into that match because not not besides that, this adds to it, Max. Don't it try and skirt around it. it. it this makes it. it a better match. It's true, but the crowd were into it anyway, without the overt finger licking goodness that happened. But um, that's the WrestleMania moment. That's, that's the moment. That's the moment for Jesse Benz. <laughs> uh, but um, I was trying to think of before that. Um, a one-on-one match. I think it was like China, maybe WrestleMania 18. But after that, no, last her, time, her last Mania was 17 against 17. Um, that was it against Ivory. So up until that point, I don't remember a one-on-one between 17 and 22, and I don't remember a one-on-one after 22. WrestleMania 20 had Victoria and Molly Holly, which was a pretty good match. Oh where yeah, Molly Holly got a head shake afterwards. Yeah, um, WrestleMania. Yes. WrestleMania 19 had the triple threat with Trish, Jazz, Jazz. and Victoria, which was um, a very good match, I think, but I think Trish Mickey um, beats it. Yeah, yeah. It was um, another good Mania 22. They, they had a solid run after, from like 19, you could even say from 17, really, but from, yeah, that kind of new era of WrestleManias were really, really solid. Yeah, I agree. We watched most of them together, really, didn't we? I think yeah. tw- 25 was the only one that felt like a bit of a letdown. But mm. it also had Shawn Michaels' Taker, which is one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Exactly, so, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a weird one. And then I think after that, Mania started slipping for a while. Until, um, I would say, 30 was one yeah. of the... Like the the first show after that that I enjoyed top to bottom. Yeah, consistently good that one was. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, solid choice. Um, I haven't watched WrestleMania 22 in a long time. I might have to go back and review that one. Oh, it's crazy! No, it's really worth doing because it, it's such a weird. Just remembering where people were at the time. Like, um, Mania 22 has Booker T against the Boogeyman yeah. with Charmel. That's a crazy match. Uh, do you have any 22s on your list? Um, I don't think I do, actually. Do I even have any of my selected ones? I do have, actually, one of the ones I was going to maybe put in was Mysterio, Angle, and Randy for oh, nice. the world title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a good fun match. The the crowd shit on Ray winning, um, but it was a good match. It was a good match. It was a bit too short for me. True. I feel... I, and I didn't want Randy in there, to be honest. Like... Um, you watch SummerSlam 02 and you look at Angle Mysterio and what they can do and how awesome that was. And that was Mysterio's first ever WE pay-per-view. But and I'm, I'm, you think, I'm put those Put those two in WrestleMania. That would be amazing. R- Randy added to the comedy side of the feud, though. The promos that Randy did. Because, remember, Eddie ain't in heaven. He's Eddie's in hell. There. <laughs> that's yeah, just, God... that's just A-class stuff right there. Yeah, God bless Randy. And I believe... Um, Around that time, or a bit before that, um, there was a moment where he put Undertaker in a casket and then ran it over with Eddie's lowrider or something that was like there as a tribute. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, re- rest in peace, Eddie. We love you. <laughs> Never change, Randy. Never change. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 22 was solid. Do you remember like the random cover that they had? It was like John Cena giving a bulldog to Booker T, and that was like the yeah, cover that's, for Yeah, that's still on the network now. That's still on the network now. And the it main really event was um, John Cena, Triple H, and Booker T was against the Boogeyman that year, so it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. That was the year that um, that was the year that John Cena came out looking like a flasher with the big gangster 
jacket on. Oh, yeah. But he yeah. looked like he was naked underneath. It was so weird, and Triple H is pissed off. Throne entrance. Yeah, uh, we had. Uh, we also had Shawn Michaels beat the shit out of Vince McMahon, oh, which is an all-time our, classic. Our favourite match. I think it might be. Like, I think if there's a match that I associate with you and our love of wrestling together, it is Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 22. <laughs> Middle finger at the end as he's being carried off. Oh, having a oh, heart yeah. attack. Great match. It's brilliant. Great match. I feel like, wasn't this match on, on a top five of ours recently? Uh, I think we talk about it a lot. I think we have mentioned it before. <laughs> We have I, yeah, I can't remember. It. I can't remember if it was on a proper list or if we just started talking about it. But it is, um, it is fantastic. And no, and it was probably it was probably the Vince McMahon episode. I was going to say probably the Vince McMahon episode. Yeah, that's when it would have come up. Yeah, we would have talked about it then. I think. Which fellow listeners, seeing as we're talking about hidden gems, if you haven't listened to that one, that's ah, oh, that's one of our best. Yeah, it's a doozy. It's a yeah. doozy. Check it Go out. Go listen to one. our Vince McMahon moments. It's fantastic. Uh, okay, so number three for me, I've written no notes for. I've just written the combat, the combatants, and the mania. Because I feel like we might have a crossover here. Hmm. Hmm. I know, right? Intriguing. Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho, WrestleMania 19. Ooh, we don't have a crossover only because I don't consider it underrated. I feel like it's quite well known as a fantastic WrestleMania match. I think it gets forgotten, forgotten, forgotten. Forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a big drink of whiskey and Coke and I'm having a good time. Um, but I, I, I do feel like this match is forgotten compared to like other matches that Shawn Michaels has at WrestleMania and Chris Jericho has had at WrestleMania. I feel like for both of them, this one doesn't get mentioned as the, yeah, Shawn Michaels' best WrestleMania matches, that one he had against Jericho at 19. I don't feel like that happens. Okay, fine. Um, I think that it's, or at least it's well remembered to me, at least, because it was Shawn Michaels' first WrestleMania, like, since he was back from his back injury. Yeah. So, so because of that, and it, it feels like it's sort of a big deal, you know, it's sort of, it almost feels like his big return. Yeah, uh, it's but, true. But yeah, I know, I know what you mean as well, though. Top to bottom, though, this match, um, the showmanship at the start, where Jericho just comes out of his normal entrance, and... He he just he just walks to the ring. He's he's not really paying attention to the crowd. He taunts them a little bit, and he just gets in the ring as he normally does. Then in, out comes why he's called Mister WrestleMania, dancing and singing, and a little you know looking like you next to Pete Dunne and Tyler Bates, and he's <laughs> going down the rampway, and he's got these pyro guns, and some aren't working, and some are. Oh, it's just it's just amazing, and and yeah. he's dancing his way down, and it just cuts to Jericho in the ring. And he just gives the middle finger. He's just on the middle rope and he just flips him off and the camera quickly cuts away. And JR's like, ah, uh, Chris Jericho's not impressed with uh, Shawn Michaels' showboating here. And I, that just, <laughs> that spoke volumes for the two of them going into that match for me. I thought they were just fantastic. And then throughout, what are you doing? What? Can you hear me? Yeah, what are you doing? Does it sound echoey? Yeah, you having a pee? <laughs> I, might be, I might be having a quick wee, but you, but you keep talking. It's <laughs> very audible to the listeners, you know. For fuck's sake, Jesse. Is it? What? That's no, fine. You can. You can. <laughs> You're such a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, I wasn't just going to sit there and like. 
just struggle. I, w- I couldn't enjoy myself with my bladder awful. Alright, for your next job, I'm just going to go have a wank or have a shit. And I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, because that's the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not weird at all. <laughs> I love that you, you, associate, um, you associate that with like a um, necessity that someone else can do. <laughs> well, you know me. I've got to top you. I've always got to top you, Jeff. <laughs> Well, it's over now. It was nice and quick. Move on. What were we talking about? Sean Michaels being a lovely Christian that I've probably just made mistakes on. You you just pissed all over that one. Pissed all over my number (laughs) three. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Entrances were fantastic. And then the whole build-up to this match was pretty basic. It was... Sean's coming back, Jericho says, you were my idol, but now you're washed up and I'm going to end your career. And Sean's like, bitch, please. And he, he stuff happens at the Royal Rumble and then WrestleMania. Nailed that explanation, didn't I? Is it? Yeah, perfect. It was very good. Well, I can give a more nuanced um, uh, thing about this match. That, um, something I find interesting. Did you wash your is... hands? I'm sorry? Did you wash your hands? No, I panicked. I haven't even flushed. I've just left it. I'm going to have to go and address that after oh. the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> You're so nuanced. <laughs> Carry on, yeah. bitch. So, uh, the nuance that I found is this will be, this would have been Shawn Michaels' first stadium performance, right? So, yeah. So he would have, um, he would have, he's done many years before, obviously, but in his era, um, they were all done in the same sort of arenas you would do Raws and regular pay-per-views in and stuff. And it wasn't until after his absence that they started making these things bigger and stuff. So um, Shawn Michaels performing in a venue that large, he would never have done that before. Which I think really adds to um, this being his first Mania match back and stuff. And I just think that's a cool little fact to bear in mind when you watch this. It's that true. He, it's... He's never performed anywhere near somewhere that large. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point, because uh, this was 2003, so we had, SummerSlam was his return, right? So 2002, August. Yeah. And then, I'm trying to remember what he did kind of after that. Was Survivor, that Survivor Series. Survivor Series came 2002, you're right. No, he lost the, the Elimination title. Chamber. Royal well, that's Rumble. where he won the title. Then, yeah. um, then he lost the title at Armageddon in a yeah. three stages of hell match with Triple H. Then he was in the Royal Rumble, but um, it got eliminated by Jericho, which was sort of the start of this feud leading up to Mania. That was it. That was it. And um, yeah, the young lion versus the old lion kind of deal that they were going with. And Jericho working the back throughout the whole match, because obviously uh, HBK had been gone with a back injury. Um, Even to the point of when I believe he reaches for the rope and then kind of just tries to drag Jericho out and then he just starts putting the walls on outside on the floor. And yeah. And he, yeah, he puts the walls on outside and so you're going to get counted out and then he runs back in. It's great. Um, and it's just, it's a great Shawn Michaels match. It's, it's what made you go, yeah, this is Mr. WrestleMania. This is why he's so good. And for Chris Jericho, for how much it's been documented that he idolized Shawn Michaels, how cool is that? That you get yeah. to like go in there and tear it up with your idol. That's just awesome. That's awesome. And and one of my again one of my favorite WrestleMania moments is when um, Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho hug at the end of the match. 
Yes. And then Jericho just nails him with one of the most brutal low blows you've ever seen. Straight and the, the way the way Shawn Michaels just sort of slides down Chris Jericho's torso. Oh, and he pushes just the face. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Just, oh, it's brilliant. It's such a good moment. Really is. Really is. Um, yeah. Um, WrestleMania 19 in general, we've spoken about many times before, is fantastic. We could pick a lot of hidden gems from this one. I was very close to Matt Hardy, Rey Mysterio, but... This match just always stands out to me. Always. Yeah. As you say, Mania 19 is, um, again, that's a, that's a top to bottom. You could just enjoy the whole show. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, great, great show. And, uh, again, one of those shows that, um, didn't do very well at the box office. Like, no. It was, it was a low, much lower selling Mania than normal, but, um, that's a real shame because, um, yeah, the match quality is stunning. Well, you kind of think about who they had on, because 17 was obviously huge, you had Rock and Austin and Undertaker Triple H, it was, it was a big, big show. 18, Undertaker Flair, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock, obviously, and then, um, Triple H again in the main event. 19 was kind of the first deviation away from that. You had Brock and Kurt as the main event, not proven WrestleMania main eventers. Um, Undertaker was in a very lapsed match against kind of like, Albert and Big Show. Um, yeah. There, there wasn't a huge amount of draw power on that pay-per-view, but it worked. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, solid. Yeah, well, the thing is with that one is um, they built most of the promotion around Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon. And oh, yeah. That was where most of the promotion was. And Vince McMahon just doesn't... Vince McMahon in wrestling matches doesn't seem to sell tickets, really. People don't seem that bothered about it. And that no. just seems to be a history with Vince McMahon. No, you know he's going to get his butt whooped and he's going to get beaten. And exactly. Yeah. He, he either gets beaten, which is predictable, or he wins, which you don't really want to see either. You don't want to see Vince McMahon win. No, no, definitely not. So, yeah, I, I think that that's probably what contributed to it. But fantastic mania. And I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you checked it out. But if not... Definitely go and watch it. So good. Exactly. So good. Exactly that. What What are you on, Home Skillet? I'm on my number two, and um, I know you said that you don't like, um, you didn't want to pick two from the same mania, but I've broken that rule and I've done that to me. Which, um, one? which, which mania? We're back. We're back to thirty-one, and this oh. is um, Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton. This is why I didn't mention it earlier. This is on my didn't make my top five list, but it's written down. Is it? Yeah, one of your honourable mentions. What it's, a great um, opener. It's, it wasn't the opener. Um, it, the opener was the um, ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but, so this was possibly the second match, I think. But um, it's, um, yeah, great match. Um, completely overshadowed because of what Rollins did later in the night. Um, but, uh, which is go on to um, cash in in the main event and win the title. But, I, just a great match. I would actually say this is the last Randy Orton match I enjoyed. Yeah, that's fair. He wore elbow pads. Remember, we were like, oh, he's wearing elbow pads. He's taking elbow pads. Old school Randy, yeah. Randy, when I really liked him when I was younger, always wore elbow pads. Yeah, it was nice he was wearing means, them. Means he gave a shit. Exactly, yeah. And um, J&J Security were there in Rollins' corner. We got a nice spot with Orton's, um, you know, hang rope DDT, but he did it double. Yeah. That, um, on J&J Security, that was awesome. Um, and the, the finish is just stunning. That, um, so memorable. 
why don't they show that more? Like, it's, that is a huge WrestleMania moment. Yeah. And they just, you never see it in highlight packages anymore. And it just looked amazing. It was so well, good. Well, I'm hoping they'll go back to it. What we're alluding to is um, Seth Rollins goes for the curb stomp on Randy. When he puts his foot on the back of Randy's neck, Randy springs up. Rollins goes in Sierra, and when he drops down, he hits an RKO for the victory. Um, the curb stomp was eventually banned from from wrestling, so that's why, like, whenever you see video packages of Rollins winning the title, they never show him actually doing the move that won it. It's always that kid yeah. and his dad cheering, which I find really weird. Um, <laughs> but now that they've allowed it back, I'm hoping they kind of start showing the curb stomps again, because you're right, it was so good. And apparently they... This, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but they kept uh, practicing that spot. And they kept trying it and trying it, but they couldn't get it to work. There would always be some kind of fuck-up where it just didn't look right. And on the night is when they did it, and it looked perfect. Yeah, I know, because Randy Orton, Randy Orton marks out so hard over it that he forgets to pin Rollins. Like, <laughs> yes. So he hits the arcade, he's like, ah, just screaming, he's so into it. And then you see the ref just sort of go, pin him! Like, he's shouting. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It doesn't beat when Randy, who, he hits an RK on someone on SmackDown and he's so excited he does like a, the splits in the air and <laughs> those little punches. That's the greatest Randy hit in the RKO. But, uh, that was on was Mark so... Henry. Randy Orton yes. hit it on Mark Henry and Christian was in the ring with Randy. And you see Randy just like do the star jump and um, you just see Christian look at him and just go, what the fuck you doing? <laughs> you just see him like mouth pass around. Oh, so good, so good. Um, I, I feel, because I don't even remember the build to that match, I don't know why it was happening. It was very much you went into it going, why is Seth and Randy kind of, what is this? And you're right, it did turn into like one of my favourite matches of that night. It was just so surprising, and that finish, I remember all of us, we were all sitting on the couch, weren't we? Yeah. We all lost our shit when it happened. Yeah, it was amazing. It was just, yeah, such a, yeah, stunning moment, like, you can only see it for the first time once, and it was such an incredible feeling seeing yeah. that. And it was great little swerve match as well, because like, obviously um, Rollins lost, he, he took the pin from Randy. Um, and I think we all said on that night, it was like, wow, he's clearly not going to cash in tonight then. Yeah. And yeah, he did. He did, and it opened up a world of possibility. You know, he had, um, he had Randy, who had beaten him that night. He had Brock, who he'd taken the title off. He had Roman, who he'd stolen his opportunity from. Just so many avenues of storyline that you could go from, from that. Like, at the time, it felt like just stunning booking. You know, they just had so many options. It was great. Yeah. Squandered them all. Squ- yeah, they did. But at the time, <laughs> it felt great. <laughs> no, that, that WrestleMania, and that, that was never, he had two WrestleMania moments. How lucky is that? Because at the end, where he just, you know, gets the title and he's standing and he starts swinging it around his head. Really yeah, scared he was going to let go of it, but that's that's besides <laughs> the point. Uh, Gems flying into children's <laughs> eyes in the audience. My eyeball. <laughs> but, no, it was great. It was really good. Um, great choice. Quite high on your list as well. Yeah, right. Well, it's you know maybe because it's in more recent memory, but I just and maybe it was the atmosphere because I was with you and um, all sorts of people were here, weren't they? And it was just it was just nice for us all to sort of pop together, you know. That was our that was our first mania together. It was it was a good one. In a long time, yeah. So you yeah. and me have shared a lot of manias when we were younger, but this was um yeah, this was our first one in adulthood I would say. Yeah, and we, we had we had a fair few people around and we, we dressed up. I you were in Finn Balor makeup, I was in Sting makeup. 
Yeah. We look good. We did. Yeah, baby. Um, my number two is from the greatest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 17. Mm. Now I'm wondering if this is your number one. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope it is. I hope it is. Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit, WrestleMania 17. Oh, monster, monster. Yes. You son of a bitch. You stole, yes. yeah, so one crossover, you stole my number one, redacted versus Angle. Oh, brilliant. That means I get to talk doubly long. Okay, seeing as this is your number one, take the lead. Well, well I, I don't know what to say, really. It's just, it's a okay, technical masterpiece. And it's in, <laughs> no, you won't, you shut up. It's um in... Like you said, it's the greatest WrestleMania of all time. It's the night the Attitude Era ended. It's, in my opinion. And, um, but based on that, you'd think, like, everything's quite sort of rough and ready. And then just in the middle of the card, you've got this technical masterpiece of, like, Olympic style wrestling. And the fans are just eating it up. They're just as into it as they are all the hardcore shit, as all the, you know, Attitude Era style stuff. Just these two put on a fucking clinic. It's fantastic. It was ridiculous, and it's, yeah, and it was so random, because I don't think there was any build to this. I think they literally just put these two, here's 20 minutes, do what, do what you need to do. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's all the story was, just like two wrestlers just going at it. And yeah, it is a technical masterclass where the two are kind of jockeying for position at the start, and it's hold for hold and hold. But they all, I think what really I like about this match is they also still throw in some of the WWE style, the wrestling style. There's um, a couple of steel step shots where he gets thrown into it. And the end of the match is um, Angle winning by pulling the tights and stuff. So yeah. it's, um, oh, and there's a ref bump as well, isn't there? There's a ref bump in here. Um, yes. And Angle taps to the crossface. But it's, um, so it's got that wrestling style, but it's also got kind of the WE theatrics to it, which kind of keeps people interested. But for yeah. me, watching it, because I've mentioned on previous episodes, WrestleMania 17 was the first WrestleMania I ever watched. And I didn't know the heads or tails of the difference between, you know, technical wrestling and hardcore wrestling and just general whatever pro wrestling. So to see this for the first time, um, of what these two put on, it blew my mind, like absolutely blew my mind um, for what's been going on. And and you're right, the, the amount of crazy stuff that was going on with the street fight between Vince and Shane, Undertaker Triple H, which basically turned into a street fight. There was a TLC match, um, the backstage hardcore title match. Yeah, absolutely insane. So as you say, to have this in the middle to just be a wrestling match. And to have the crowd that invested, and me at home, and I'm sure everyone else, everyone was just watching this, and you went, oh, so so that's wrestling. I see. I like it. Yeah. Absolutely. And a side note about that hardcore match quickly. Did you know that apparently when they were backstage, um, Raven was about two inches away from hitting some sort of power source that would have knocked out the power throughout the whole yes. building? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine, yeah. in the greatest WrestleMania of all time, if that had happened? and he just had taken out all the power. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Good hardcore but, match, though. Yeah, fantastic hardcore match. Um, yeah. And back to this match quickly. Um, it's um, what I love about it as well. So, Angle was always bragging how he could out-wrestle Benoit. 
so they were doing all the Olympic stuff, and Ben was getting the better of him every time. And then Angle's the first one that hits him with a closed fist punch. Like, you know, just takes away the wrestling, which is just brilliant. The Olympic gold medalist, who's obviously playing heel, just yeah. pops him. And that's like a real sort of good bit of psychology, a good admission that, oh, he can't beat him at straight wrestling. He has to hit him in the face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, just exactly. great. He, he just got kept getting frustrated. Um, and, and I think that was the best way to kind of showcase Benoit as well. He could hang with with the Olympic gold medalist. And some of the transitions they they do, I still watch this match this day, and the transitions are just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's not up there with um, Angle Benoit Royal Rumble 2003, which mm-hmm. is, as you know, my favourite match of all time. But um, but it's a very close... Oh, I don't know. It's... I would say it's third, actually, in my favourite Angle Benoit matches, because the month after this, um, they had a 30-minute Ultimate Submission match oh, um, yeah. at Backlash yeah, 2001 that is fantastic. That would be my second favourite Angle Benoit match, but this is my third. But it's still my favourite underrated Mania match. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's it slotted in such a huge card, but it doesn't feel out of place. You know, everything that's no, quite gimmicky and weird, um, but it's it just it works in there, and it really really does stand the test of time as a match, and it shows just exactly what the two of them could do, and it was um, it was great what what Angle could do because Angle got the win here, and he also got the win at Judgment Day in that uh, that two hour free falls match as well. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, loved it. Uh, good choice, Jesse. Good choice. Thank you. Well, it was your choice as well, my good brother. Good brother. Um, my number one, I don't know if you're going to let me have this or not, but I argue this is the most underrated world title match in WrestleMania history. Mm. Is it Edge Alberto? <laughs> Fuck off, is it? WrestleMania 24. <laughs> it is Edge, but it's Edge versus The Undertaker. Ah, no, that's a great match. No, I will let you have this, because even though it was the main event, um, that mania is very much overshadowed by Ric Flair's retirement. 100%. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels steals that show, and it's like, what What else was on that card? Um, yeah. Also, that WrestleMania, one I wanted to mention, uh, JBL versus Finley in, like, a street fight. That yes. Um, great. Agreed. A couple of people in um, the Milky Way universe brought that one up, funnily enough, which we'll get to after this. I remember watching it, like, because I think it opens the show, and it's, yeah. like, quite barbaric and violent for two people who don't wrestle that style at all. Very weird. Anyway. It's great. Edge and was... Hornswoggle comes back. Yes. And <laughs> he gets thrown at um, JBL. Love it. Um, <laughs> so the main event is Edge versus Undertaker. And it's a shame that this match isn't remembered for what it is. Because Edge always says it's his favourite WrestleMania match. Um, it's one of my favourite WrestleMania matches. Um, and when I remind people of it, they go, oh yeah, that was a good one. Mm. It's, it's so good with its kind of back and forth pacing. And... This this is still when Undertaker could properly go, and he was taking some hard bumps and stuff outside the ring. There, there's some bits where Edge is like doing a baseball slide, and he's full on throwing himself into the barricade, and you're just like, "Whoa, watch the hip there, Taker." <laughs> you know, you're going to regret that in about five years, I promise you. Um, and it's like the first time where you kind of felt like the victory could go either way, because I remember at the time Edge was undefeated at WrestleMania up to this point, obviously yes. not to the same. Um, spectrum as The Undertaker was but he was still undefeated and it was mentioned a couple of times that it was undefeated versus undefeated and um, Edge was kind of adamant that he could beat him and I believe anything Edge tells me 
Um, cool. And he hits two spears, and the first spear, you think, oh, another great spot is when Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder come out, and they get up on the ring apron, and Undertaker grabs Zack Ryder, who's on, on the apron, and Kurt Hawkins is on the floor, and he chokeslams Ryder into Hawkins. And I love it when someone throws another man at another man. It's it's, <laughs> it, it's the best thing ever. It makes man me so on happy. man on man, man on man on man. Um, and then Edge hits the spear, and you're like, "Holy shit, that's it! Th- th- this is it!" Um, but no, it's not. And he goes for a second spear, and he hits it, but he takes too long to go for the cover. And Undertaker locks in Hell's Gate and gets him to tap out. And it was like, "Oh man, but tap out of Mania! I always love a tap out at Mania in the main event." But yeah. it's um, yeah, Undertaker hits so many finishes on Edge. We've mentioned before that WrestleMania 25 is the start of the finisher spamming. Yeah. Go go and watch 24. 24 is very much um, finisher spamming. Oh, really? Maybe it, it was, was sort of a, a mania thing for, for a while before it became a just weekly thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and the greatest moment of this match. Okay, so let, let's not detract that this might not be Undertaker's like greatest match ever, but it, it it's still damn good. But the most important bit is the referee gets knocked down in this match and we are blessed with the most beautiful image of little Charles Robinson <laughs> sprinting down that aisleway. It's a good it's a good hundred yards that he gets that sprint on. Little Nate with all his hope and wishes in his eyes sprints down, dives in the ring after Undertaker hits a tombstone and is one, two, and then Edge kicks out and his little face is like, I just ran that way for fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten about that. Yeah, that was brilliant. The, yeah, I remember seeing like you know chariots of fire sort of yeah. style gifts that people have made. <laughs> Best thing about that mania. That's that, that's the only reason that. Was, that's my yeah, that, one. yeah, that's that might be my favorite WrestleMania moment of all time. Actually, <laughs> you, we can't have any of these on the list unless there's a WrestleMania moment, and that's it. And um, <laughs> and then the two went on to have a never great unappreciated gem at SummerSlam where they fought in Hell and Cell and then had a great Edge and Taker had great chemistry really good yeah. chemistry together and and this Mania match it's people remember it but they shouldn't remember they should remember it for how much better it is than what they remember it that's an English sentence I just I just spoke it was <laughs> Gavin. I know what you mean but... yeah so love that match Edge versus Undertaker WrestleMania 24 very good. Well, that is a successful top five from both it of was. us, I think. Very, very quickly. I'm just going to run through the ones I couldn't include. Uh, okay. I mentioned JBL Finley. You had Orton versus Rollins. Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 11. Great match. Very nice, yeah. Um, Goldust versus Roddy Piper, WrestleMania 12, where they recreated the OJ Simpson Bronco chase. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, another another match that I would argue isn't underrated because I I feel like this is why because this was either gonna it was either gonna be the Chicago Street Fighter WrestleMania 13 or that match but I feel enough people know that match. Yeah, I th- it was. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, now that you mention it, I don't hear many people talk about it, but it's very much in my consciousness. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm a big Roddy Piper fan. Maybe that's why I'm not sure. Because it, cause it's ridiculous. I mentioned Rey Mysterio Cody. Seriously, if none of you have ever watched that match, because it's WrestleMania 27 and you skipped a lot of it, go back and watch it. It's incredible. Um, John Cena versus Big Show versus Edge at WrestleMania 25. That was good. There was that moment where Cena had... Edge and Big Show on his shoulders, wasn't there? Seven hundred pounds. He just dead yeah. ridiculous. Um, 
I, I don't know whether this is underrated or not because I feel like it gets left out. It, it's remembered for the moment of becoming the women's championship match, but Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Sasha at WrestleMania 32. Well, that's the match. Yeah, when when I said Trish Mickey James was the best yeah. women's match at Mania up until this one, this one surpassed it. I think as far as quality, you know. I feel like in the future this is going to be known as a hidden gem. Yeah, quite possibly. It, yeah. I mean, it was such a bad Mania that this was sort of the only good match, really. Really was, really was. But anyway, those are my picks. What have you got from the Got Till 5 universe, Jesse Bands? I've got some well, on my got, end, but you first. Well, the Got Till 5 universe. Um, we have a chap called Gelatinous Power who <laughs> talks to us, and um, he agrees with you um, and me to a certain extent. I do like this match. Um, the G- JBL Finley Belfast Brawl from 24 was a pretty fun hardcore match for two guys that aren't of that hardcore style. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree with him. Yeah. Um, A. Tamzarian says Chris Jericho versus Christian at WrestleMania 20, which is pretty good. It is a good match. And it was the whole Trish Stratus as the girl in the middle storyline. Do you remember? Yeah. I I know a lot of people really... I don't like that match. Do you I, know? I, don't, I don't think it's the best... Because it's Jericho's best Mania match. And I'm like, it's all right. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's his best, but it's um, it's it's pretty good. And we get a heel Trish out of it as well. Trish turns heel at the end of this match, and heel Trish throughout that year was one of my favourite things. I thought she was a fantastic heel. It's true, it's true. When she kisses Christian at the end and then just wipes her lip. Yeah, I'll always filthy. remember that. Always remember. Beautiful. Love it. Love um, it. We have... What else do we have? Um, Morbikai agrees with you. CM Punk versus Randy Orton from Mania 27. Yeah. Um, he says just uh, an amazing performance by both guys. Um, superstar Nick Stevens says WrestleMania 23 Money in the Bank. He says, um, when it comes to Money in the Bank matches, it's held pretty high, but not so much when it comes to overall Mania matches. Um, has so many point. big names in the match and so much good action, which is very yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, is that the one Kennedy one? Kind of, I think so. Yeah, I think it is. Um, very good. Um, someone says CM Punk versus The Undertaker, which is is one of my one of my favourite matches, um, but I don't consider it underrated. And he actually says, um, uh, "This is Barack Lesnar, by the way." Um, says <laughs> it's not underrated, underrated. Um, and he also says um, Undertaker versus Edge, um, not just very good, but some of the best of all time at WrestleMania. He says. Really is. So, um, so he's with you. Cheers, brother. There you go. There's a selected selection of the Got Till 5 Milky Way universe. I like it. Over on to the Twitterverse. Uh, JJ Hendricks is one I don't even think I've ever watched. Um, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 6, Mr. Perfect versus Brutus Beefcake. Uh, WrestleMania 6 is one of my favorite shows, and I thought that match really added something to the show. Very well done. Very well yeah, done. Yeah, I've... I, well done. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I've, I watched WrestleMania six and, and not live. Obviously, I was a little boy, but um, I've, I've seen it since. And um, yeah, I agree. Mr. Perfect was underrated in every sense of the word. Mr. Perfect is one of the greatest um, wrestlers of all time, and just and doesn't get the props he deserves. It's very true. It's true. Uh, Discoff Andrew said uh, you gave us a list: Big Show versus Mayweather. Not really a wrestling match, but I guess the WrestleMania hidden gem. It was more fun than it should have been. Yeah, it's true. It did did outdo itself. Uh, 
Pankorton, Triple H take a one, so presumably means 17, which was a very good one. They fought all over the place. Orson Rollins, which you agreed with. Regal Jericho. Yes, the um, opener of Mania 17. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, Jericho, Jericho peed in Regal's tea, if I remember correctly. That's all I remember he did. That um, yes, but that was... Um, that I believe that was after Mania 17 on the build-up to Backlash 2001 when they had uh, the Duchess of Queensbury rules match. Yes, yeah. Do you remember still this? Doesn't, still doesn't make sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah fantastic <laughs> match. Um, but, but no, but no, the opener, it was, it was very, very good, the Jericho and Regal match. That was the first match where I realised that Regal walks like a... Um, he, walk, he walks like a man that snuck out of bed to get a midnight snack from the fridge and doesn't want to wake his wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we the ring you know that I liked it well done um, his final pick was Piper Adonis and I don't even remember that match taking place uh, what Piper Adonis yeah Rowdy Piper versus Adonis um, which I, Does, just, uh, what, I that I've, I've no recollection oh uh, Wrestlemania 3 overshadowed by obviously other stuff so Rowdy Piper versus Adrian Adonis Hair versus hair match. Interesting. Right. I've got yeah. I've got no memory of that. No, um, that's, that's I, I, to admit, I don't think I've ever watched WrestleMania three top to bottom. No, I think I watched the highlights. And that's about it. Oh, yeah. People. And finally, oh, Master yeah. P, our favourite Master P, always uh, back. Master he loved Bret Hart versus Yokozuna. Not the match itself, but the story told in that match was phenomenal. You're exactly right. Until Hulk Hogan ruined it. Thank you very Hulk much. Hogan Hulk Hogan saved ruined it. Everything. Fuck off, did he? <laughs> and he won the title. What's Hulk doing here? Fuck knows. <laughs> oh, Hulk. <laughs> did you see um, where the ultimate deletion was going on? Did you see his tweet? Yeah. I, what do you say? Like, I'm deleted? <laughs> I'm deleted, brother. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm glad you realised. <laughs> oh, Hoagie. He'll be back. <laughs> he fight. Pray to God he won't be. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, thank you for for some of your suggestions there. You're very smart and intelligent. For those that agree with us, those that disagree with us, psh, you're in the wrong wrong realm, people. You're in the wrong. Always, realm. you're listening to the wrong podcast, or you're listening on YouTube. <laughs> Either way, sort your life out. <laughs> um, so that's it. What's what? What are we doing next by week? Uh, well, it's our last bye week before WrestleMania itself, so we're going to do our top five favourite WrestleMania matches of all time. Underrated, be damned. Um, it doesn't matter how popular they are. We love them, and we want to share them with you. Ooh, are we allowed to repeat any from this week? Uh, I'm going to say no. Fuck. Ah, you you've blown your load, see? I've blown you it. Don't like, yeah, you don't like mainstream matches, do you? But there, there's so many, if you think about it hard, there's so many um, matches that have happened at WrestleMania that are just fantastic, and everyone agrees they're fantastic. You don't have to like dig around looking for ones that people have forgotten about. It's true. That's that's when you and me are gonna have our crossover. You know what annoys me when we have one crossover? I have to go and find the audio. I've got to cut it down just for one, <laughs> and it feels so pointless. Yeah, I'm sorry, but um, at least this is from like a fairly popular song that you can find pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, don't sue us on Imagine Dragons. Don't sue us. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't, Um, they're into it. They're fine. Uh, So yeah, thank you for listening to this week, thank you for listening to previous weeks. Um, This is the end of our current formats, but next time will be the beginning of a new format. Me and Jesse are going to plan some shit to make it like a time capsule. 
I didn't realise work would be involved, but okay, we'll... Oh, um, oh we'll Jesse Benz, you don't know the kind of words you're both <laughs> of my friends. Oh, I'm sorry. There's going to be games and prizes, it's going to be great fun. Uh, so, um, happy six months anniversary, happy 1,000 um, follower anniversary. Yeah. That's good. And, um, yeah, we're, do- we're doing okay, aren't we, brother? We've done good, son. We've done good. And uh, I guess, you know, Daniel Bryan said it, but ooh, thanks, fans. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, well, we, yeah. <laughs> we, um, we reiterate what Daniel Bryan said, and we are grateful for all of you as well. Brian yeah. um, Brian was speaking for the Got Till 5 podcast when he did his promo. <laughs> it's the only reason he's back. Um, yeah. So let's see what the next six months brings. Obviously, we're hoping for many more top fives, many more guests, many more segments. Whatever we decide to do, it's going to be a lot of fun. We might even start charging you for stuff because we want to make some money out of this. Let's not pretend that we don't. Yeah, maybe, but that, uh, I, I, I sort of quite like that we don't get any money from this because it means I don't have to feel bad when I underperform. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, actually. That's why I've never bought a hooker. Just, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to, yeah, just waste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll be back in two weeks' time with our top five WrestleMania moments. Um, if you listen to this podcast and you've made it this far, God bless you. Um, Jesus. Please, <laughs> you're braver than us. We tune out like 20 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> please share it around, like it, tell your friends, families, neighbours. Old Dorothy down the road, she might get a kick out of some noise in the background. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> so thanks for listening, and we'll be back in bi-week. Yeah, in bi-week. Bi-week. Um, which is, hang on, I've got a calendar here. Um, so these come out every Friday, don't they? Yeah. I might release this one tomorrow if I edit in time. Oh, blimey. Um, so, uh, assuming blimey. it comes out Friday, um, it will be 6th of April will be our next episode. Two days before Mania. Exciting. Wonderful. Um, thank you, Jesse. I love you. Thanks, Max. I love you too. Sorry about my Wii. It's alright. I'm going to leave it in. Are you? Okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's in the podcast just me to okay uh, thank you everyone for listening we'll see you on bi-weekly um, later days yeah later days yo you have until the count of five I happen to love the number five it's a beautiful number a glorious number you got to the count of five <laughs> <laughs>